This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter with ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly, mostly, uh, podcast uh, that I don't have my notes. God damn it! We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show. Each episode, you can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com. Find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com/slash/theobsessiveviewer. And we also have tickets are on sale now for Shocktober in Irvington, and we also have tickets are on sale now. That was great. Um, <laughs> You're killing it, right? <laughs> uh, tickets are on sale now for Shocktober in Irvington, which is our yearly. Uh, event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers. Um, it's a great, it's a great night. We have uh, the filmmakers there. We do Q and A's with the filmmakers after each screening. We raffle off prizes, including DVDs, Blu-rays, gift cards to Irvington businesses, and uh, also we're going to be uh, raffling off like some Funko Pop figures and uh, some local uh, uh, movie-related games uh, by the rights in particular. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's October sixth, uh, twenty seventeen, at the Irving Theater. Um, you will, you'll hear a promo at some point in this episode. And uh, yeah, tickets are on sale now. Right now they're on sale for $6. Um, that is the early early bird price. It'll go up to $8 uh, after Labor Day, so after September 4th. And uh, yeah, use promo code PODCAST1 to get $1 off admission and find all that at shocktoberinirvington.com. And finally, uh, our sponsor for this week is Horror Movie Yearbook, which is a uh, which is a horror movie uh, podcast that discusses um, horror movies by the year that they were released, comparing and contrasting them against each other and the uh, current events and uh, pop culture of the year that they were released. You can find them on Twitter at HM Yearbook and on the internets at HorrorMovieYearbook.com. And thank you to Horror Movie Yearbook for sponsoring this week's episode. So, um, this is, I don't know how I'm going to edit all this together, <laughs> Fekus, but, um, this is probably going to be like a supplemental Dark Tower episode, um, and we're, we're going to just kind of talk about the Dark Tower some more. Um, frequent guest Fekus is here. Hello. In, in uniform. He has an official, like, uh, guest host for the Obsessive Viewer shirt on. Yes. Not really, no, you you don't. Not at all. No, he's. We a, should he's get that a, though. We should. We should. That. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could buy merch. I. I could. You're yeah. Right. You're. You're correct. So go to obsessiveviewer.com/slash/donate and click the T public link, and you can buy shirts and stuff. <laughs> I haven't gotten a notification that you've bought your shirt yet. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come. Okay. Good. Good. I plan on buying one. Uh, you said that last I time know, you were here. That's yeah. That's buy cool. other things, okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, fine. No, you know, you meet Craig Robinson once, and then suddenly uh, you're big too good shot. for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he's looking really good, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's lost really a lot trim. of weight. Yeah, he looks like really sexy. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I met a local celebrity last week. Oh, you did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You made I the did. news. That's right. I made the news. Poor fella. Yeah. yeah there he yeah. took all his information off of the website. Did they really? Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, really? Super quick. Damn. Yeah. Wow, that's rough. Yeah. Well, I don't. 
listen to the radio <laughs> at all. So okay. I listen to the the Smiley Show. Oh uh, yeah, in, in the mornings mm-hmm. uh, on the way to the gym. I I think yeah. they're fun. Yeah, I never listened to this particular fellow, but right, yeah. I'm sure he was interesting. I'm sure he was great. Yeah. Well, he'll probably start a podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> did I tell you that I found a website that is just called? I think I did tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Obsessive nerds. I don't. I'm not going to say the name. The <laughs> name is, no, it's uh, obsessivenerds.com, and it was just really bizarre. Like, but didn't you say they came by your booth at PopCon? They didn't come by our booth exactly. They took a picture of the cosplayers at the booth directly across from us. Oh, so I'm just like, I mean, our name is so similar. We've been here longer. but um, I think we need to have a, a street brawl about this. I think so, too. I think so, too. But, yeah. So, Fekus, um, I, I do want to do a, a brief news segment because there was a couple okay. things that hit the news that I wanted to get your, your read on. Um, most notably, uh, Josh Brolin, uh, the picture of him as Cage was or released. Cable. Was it? Cable. Cable. Who did I say? Cage. Cage. Wow. That's Don't know so who Cage is. Xander Cage? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as Cable. God damn it. Uh, from Deadpool, Deadpool 2. And uh, also, uh, uh, is it Dice? Was a picture Domino. of her? Domino. Are you, are you okay. just doing this on purpose now? No, no. Yeah, that one, that one was on purpose. Okay. Um, yeah, Domino and, and Cable. Uh, what do you think of that? Both of them look fantastic, mm-hmm. especially Cable. Like, Cable yeah. looks straight out of the comic book. It's, it's nice. actually kind of eerie. <laughs> yeah. And Do- Domino looks fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. She's sexy. She, yeah. Uh-huh. But she, she's got the nice. look, look down great. I, I'm curious nice. how they're going to incorporate Domino's power into mm-hmm. the movie. Because if you don't know, Domino's mutant power is the ability to uh, fluctuate probability in her favor. Oh, that. And she, she's huh. a, mer- she's a mercenary. Okay. So she, she like a, her mutant power just odds in her favor. Okay. So I, I'm I'm curious how they're going to uh, kind of showcase that in the film. That huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would transfer. Yeah. Huh? Like in the comic books, you know, it's probability the bolts are going to hit her in a firefight, sure, and things of that nature, or that she's going to sneak in without being noticed to a certain. But it, it's mm-hmm. it kind of shows itself in that way in the comic books. Uh, so I'm just kind of. I'm curious how they're going to do it. I'm sure they'll do a fine job of it, but, you know. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of curious whether or not they're going to incorporate uh, Cable's parentage in the movie. Yeah. Because Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops, Mm -hmm. is his father. Is he really? He is. Wow. Cable's from the future. Oh, that makes sense now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Interesting. Huh. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, the the picture, like I don't have that context of the, the, the comic or anything, but I mean, it just looks so, just so badass. Josh yeah. Brolin got huge. He did. He got massive. Yeah. I'm impressed. Oh yeah, like if my if my brother met him in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he looks like he looks really buff. Did you see the picture that was um, that Ryan Reynolds shared? That was like it was him. It was. Josh Brolin holding like uh, a little stuffed Deadpool and yes. something. Yeah, it was, yeah good. it was so great. He's um, a master of social media when it oh, comes to his films. He really, he he's, he's really awesome. is. He's incredible. Um, but yeah, so that should that should be awesome. That comes out next March. I think it's closer to summertime. I want to say it's like June or July. 
that uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I really, I'm really hoping for a lot of like inside references to Josh Brolin being Thanos. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, you have to think it's going to be in it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, and I just brought up Ryan Reynolds' picture of of Josh Brolin holding the. It might be it might be like putting his arm around like a little kid dressed up as as Deadpool. I don't know, but uh, Ryan Reynolds put quick time out with my man Cable. He's amazing. Even though sometimes I feel like he doesn't know I exist, but I'm drinking milk, which means I'll grow up someday and pull all the blood out of his fucking body. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that should be that. I nothing about that movie has me. Uh, they haven't done anything to to make me nervous about the sequel. No, no, it's. it's uh, I feel like they know exactly what they're doing. I, I'm actually impressed that they're making such a big jump and like mm. let's bring in Cable, let's bring in yeah. Domino. Like the, like Cable's an out there character. He's mm. a time traveler psychic. That's you know the the son of a, a of an X Men. He's out there. Like mm. his his backstory is out there. So I'm impressed that they're bringing him in and to the fold and i'm kind of curious are they going to make him a time traveler i mean i kind of yeah. hope so because it's it's like that's cable's thing it's, right he's a time traveler and time travel isn't outside you know the realm of the x-men or any superhero universe. franchise right so. right yeah um do you think that incorporating this stuff like domino and, and cable and stuff do you I, mean, I guess we kind of covered that with, with your last statement but do you think that maybe there's a chance that they're, they're doing a little bit too much for the sequel no not at all no not okay. at all i Thing will be fine. Good, good. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, I don't think they're going to Spider Man three it. Right. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Which uh, perfect segue. Um, <laughs> speaking of Sony, the one very uh, one positive that I have in their favor for them and for the Dark Tower is that at least they're not averse to rebooting stuff. Yes, true. So, I mean, Dark Tower reboot coming in two thousand nineteen. Yes. Oh, that would actually be perfect. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So our episode today is about the Dark Tower. I don't know how I'm going to edit this. I do have an idea that I would edit the the recordings that we have in the fashion that the the Gunslinger was written and have like flashbacks to other. It's it's a whole thing. sounds complicated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so so you saw the Dark Tower. Oh, um, I did. You did. You did. And. Uh, Let's we had we had Tony on to to talk about it and uh I I at the beginning of it I said like hey I'm so glad that we don't uh censor cursing anymore because like I just went off on it. Um and that discussion was kind of kind of uh like uh, it was very uh lax and very very informal and very unstructured um you might say like the movie but um, <laughs> zing yeah um and that that hurts so much that hurts so much to say that because i but you know what like you yeah. said though you you have the books you I have do. the source material i do and so i have don't... the yeah i have the movies in my head but it's and i'll get into this but like the pain that I feel about it is like knowing that, okay, Lord of the Rings have their thing. Star Wars, they have their thing. Star Trek, they have their thing. Harry Potter has all of those movies and, and, uh, and, and Fantastic Beasts. There are all of these fandoms. Like, why couldn't the one thing, why could, why can't I just have one thing, everybody? <laughs> Please. It's not over. You know, there's it's still not. opportunity for, if they go and redo it somehow where mm. it's a, it's a, television show like hbo picks it mm-hmm. up 
and they do it kind of like Westworld or uh, Game of Thrones. I, I feel like yeah. then it can be salvaged. It can, it can, it really can. And I'm, and like I'm not upset that it's not like I, it's not like it's destroyed my love for the Dark Tower because I'm still even considering getting tattoos, and I'm not a tattoo person. The tattoo though but, is is not movie related. Exactly, so, it's source material. Because plenty I, of people that get tattoos yeah. that are book. Book yeah, tattoos, so. and and I love and I love it, it. Nothing, nothing can diminish my love for the books and and the source material. Nothing can. They could have just. They could have made. <laughs> I mean, I think we're in the darkest timeline. We're in the worst case scenario for that because I can't think of how the movie could have been worse. But they could have done something worse, and uh, and I still it still wouldn't affect how I feel about maybe the, books. the Dark Tower movie was the Man in Black's attempt to destroy the Dark Tower. <laughs> oh, I've already I've already come up with a fan theory in my head to rationalize how shitty that movie is. Um. Yeah, and I mentioned this when I when we talked to Tony uh last night, but uh the the last moment the last moment of the movie that I felt excitement and and I was I was happy about it was in the opening credits when they were showing the the movie studios logos and everything. And then the last one was uh Tet Corporation with a with a, an image of a turtle and a rose that's a reference to the books like later in the books there is this corporation that's formed on Keystone Earth um uh in in Keystone Earth to uh protect the tower's interests in in Keystone Earth uh. yeah anyway i liked that and then my rationalization is that okay this movie was made by the Tet Corporation as part of their their clandestine conflict in the later books to undermine the the forces of the Crimson King and that's why the movie's so shitty is There you they, go. Yeah. It's so meta. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my that's my happy place. Um but Fekus, you saw the movie. Did you see the movie strictly because Tiny and I have been raving about it and you wanted oh, yeah. to see how like yeah. After even seeing the previews, I mm-hmm. would not have seen this movie. Yeah. Because I thought the preview, like, I'd never want to come out and be too harsh, but I thought the previews right. looked like garbage. Sure, sure. I, Hindsight's uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> for me. It's a shame, too, because I thought yeah. Idris Elba did a, a, I thought he was a f- good fit for that character. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, yeah. I thought he did a good, like, him and Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey was okay. I, I, he didn't, yeah. he didn't mm-hmm. astound me. Sure. I, I I, yeah, I mean, I like Matthew McConaughey at all, but he's not what I. I've only read the one book, the right. first book, but he he is not what I would have pictured. Mm-hmm. He's not the actor I would have chosen. Yeah, me too. I like I have because of the art of I believe it's Michael Whalen. I have a very vivid idea of of what the Man in Black looks like in my head, and I mean it's not Matthew McConaughey, but he's a talented actor, and I feel like I feel like the Dark Tower movie is a showcase of. Like it's a, it's an acting showdown between Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, um, where they don't even share screen time. Yeah, well, it's a showdown to show uh, how the actors approach material that has nothing for them. <laughs> like, right, Idris Elba is he has this presence. He he embodies like a a, 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 a like a fraction of what Roland is, but the script does nothing for him. On the other hand. Uh, Matthew McConaughey just looks bored as shit throughout the entire movie, <laughs> and uh, and he didn't yeah. really have anything to work with. His, he really his, didn't. His lines were just as fucking corny as anybody mm-hmm. else's. Yeah, and I blame Akiva Goldsman for that. Although 
not to get ahead or anything, I have been reading the 2014 draft that he wrote uh, of the movie, and uh, I'm shocked. Like I'm, it's a 119 page um, uh, script, and a lot of it is is similar to how how it was in the, in the finished movie. But I am absolutely astounded at how much I'm kind of enjoying it because it has that mythology. It has stuff from the books that makes sense. And it, it has um, vernacular, the mythology, the world building and stuff. They have all of this stuff that was nowhere in the finished Sony movie. probably stepped in and they were trying to make mm-hmm. money off this. They wanted to make this accessible to a wider audience and it just it yep. blew up in their faces. Yep, which is so Because it turns out this was me. not accessible to anybody. No, no. And it's such a, it's such a, uh, it just shows how, how just unbelievably stupid they are because, I mean, I understand, yes, Hollywood is a business. The, the movie industry is a business and everything, but I mean, if you have something that has, um, and granted like Dark Tower fans, they're a small subset of Stephen King fans. They're still like rabid, it's a rabid fan base um and everything but it, i mean in the grand grand scheme of things stephen king is not known for the dark tower he's known for it the stand salem's lot the shining um uh, uh pet cemetery misery he's he's known for all of these works dark tower is kind of his little offshoot fantasy uh multiple genre mashup thing um so it's not i mean it's not even really that accessible to pure stephen king fans but it's still it's still a piece of literature that has drawn a steady fan base. There's mm-hmm. no reason to think that you couldn't have made that material film with the same love and care and still mm-hmm. grown a larger fan base. Like I, I, I feel like that's what Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones have done. You know, yeah, they're, exactly. They're, they had rabid fans uh, of the books, mm-hmm. and then they did the. Uh, transition correct and now they have rabid fans of uh the film and tv show mm-hmm. people like I, I i'd never even heard of game of thrones before right. seeing it on uh hbo but mm-hmm. now i've read every single book and mm-hmm. i'm a huge fan of the of the show yeah. same goes for lord of the rings before i saw fellowship i never read any of token stuff even the mm-hmm. hobbit now I've read every single one of his books and am a rabid fan of the trilogy. So nice, not the Hobbit trilogy, right? Uh, so I, I feel like if you would have done it with same love and care, you could have drawn more fans into the mix. Yeah, but absolutely. no, they just put a shitty product out there mm-hmm. that nobody's going to enjoy. Yeah, yep. Ah, and it's so frustrating to me because, like I said, all these other fandoms, and I'm just here like. Hey, hey guys, <laughs> Dark Tower. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, so spoilers on for the Dark Tower. Um, but yeah, so so what were your thoughts on the movie, just in broad terms, and you can go into more specifics and everything. Just go ahead and give us your It was review. a poorly made teen post-apocalyptic uh, teeny bopper film. That for for me that, that that's yeah. what it was the best equivalent I could give, mm-hmm. and it just n- nothing worked for me. Like it, they didn't explain anything mm-hmm. from like they, they start you off with showing the uh, the institute where they're bringing the mm-hmm. uh, the shine kids yeah. uh, 
to try to destroy the Dark Tower, and you got furry face people mm-hmm. that you later learn have masks. But we don't know who these furry. They never explained to me who this furry yeah. face person is. They don't explain to me why the 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 man in black apparently does not enjoy furry faces, so he wants them <laughs> masked up. I, they didn't explain a goddamn thing. They just kind of threw it out there and just like, well, here you go. We're gonna yep here, here watch this. I'm like, okay, I have no basis for any of this. Mm-hmm. So it it was just it was ridiculous. But what about the the demon that attacks Jake in in the Dutch Hill house? I completely lost. Yeah. When that I, happened, I was like, okay, and apparently it just exploded because mm. reasons. Yep. There's a throwaway line like two or three scenes after it was like uh, his that, shine was so yeah. strong. It's like no, that's not how storytelling works, guys, at all. Ugh, God, damn yeah. It. There were a lot of throwaway throwaway lines to try to like back explain something mm-hmm. that you had just seen. You know what part kind of just threw me was the part where Matthew Conhey character is like his guns were made from something, <laughs> which is Earth's Excalibur. Okay, we can. Sp- expound on that <laughs> right um yep ha- how about expl- it's like what, what's that mean it yeah. was the ex- it yeah. was king arthur real <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's it's well, just so random and stupid yeah. i mean they could have just as easily said oh, his guns are made of valerian steel right and it right. made just as much sense to me <laughs> exactly then i'm like well that makes sense it's powerful guns. yeah I can I can expand on that a little bit, but it's not anything that's book related. Like it's not like because the gunslingers and and Roland is is the last gunslinger from from the line of Eld. It's it's this ancient ancestral line of um of of gunslingers that starts with Arthur Eld, who's kind of like kind of like um uh, King Arthur with 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 guns okay. and it's kind of that and like the gunslingers are kind of like the knights of the round table um in the book it like it's like it's like inspired by that they never mention like they don't i'm say, sure the book does a fantastic job of explaining all that yeah oh yeah oh yeah and it's not and, it, and even that it's not like like stephen king doesn't say like oh hey it's like he's like this and stuff it's like it's just described that way. It's not. I mean, it's not described verbatim that way, but it's right, like but it, there's an understanding. The significance is explained a lot yeah. more without beating you over the head with yeah. "that's as Excalibur." That's why right. it's awesome. Yep. And the, the and the knowledgeable gun person and me is sitting there going, "Well, just because it's made out of a specific metal doesn't mean it makes the bullets fly any straighter <laughs> right. or faster or more powerful." Yeah. Really, the significance comes from the grain of the powder of the bullet and the size of the bullet what would the gun have anything to do with that sure so that's that was my <laughs> I, that's my thing I was like, Who cares yeah. what the fuck is it made out of what did you think of the gunslingers in in general because i love the idea of the gunslingers mm-hmm. i think that's that's that could be a really awesome mm-hmm. mythology yeah i can't really wait could. to read the actual books and mm-hmm. get deep into the mythology yeah and which I will do, which I'll probably start reading those. What is it? August? Mm-hmm. I would say probably around November ish. Okay. Um, Where are you at in your Harry Potter reread? Uh, I'm taking a break right now because gotcha. I there's a sergeant's test coming up that I'm I've been studying for. Okay. And nice. and I'm on about 150 pages into the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. And I, I'm a fast reader, so I'll breeze, mm-hmm. and especially with Harry Potter, uh, I'll breeze through those and. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'll take a, a break because I've been reading pretty steadily Harry mm. Potter and just kind of focus on comic books for probably a couple weeks. But yes. then I'll die. I'll, I'll reread for the third time Gunslinger, just nice. get another bearing of it. And then I'm going to power through the eight books because nice. I, I really want to get behind the mythology. Like, I, I yeah. want to like this, right. uh, this property. Mm-hmm. It's just. I, it's funny. I was walking out of the theater, and I, I texted you this. Yeah, explain, expand on this. Okay, so I was very interested to hear this. I I walked out of the theater, and I noticed this guy get up and leave uh, just as soon as Walter is shot and killed. Okay. So he he gets up and just leaves. Okay. So I'll, I'm walking out of the theater. That's a good point to leave at. <laughs> uh, to do my usual, I paid six bucks for this drink. I'm gonna refill it. Nice uh, refill it move. So I'm walking out and head towards there, and he's standing in the lobby. And he looks at me as I'm walking out. As he goes, "So is it over yet?" And I go, <laughs> "Yeah." And he goes, just shakes his head and goes, "What a pile of garbage." And I was like, "Yeah, it was pretty terrible." And he just he just like goes into it. he's like, "Man, I've been reading these books since I was eight years old. I was so excited Jeez. for this, and this is the bullshit that they give." I'm like. Cool. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna get my coke now. <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah. I felt for the guy. I really yeah. did. Oh yeah, because like, he, he he legit just looked like ashamed. Yeah. So I uh, and like and I can't I can't even I can't even grasp how how it affected him because I've I read the books for the first time like uh, I started reading them in. Uh, 2010. So I'm only like yeah. seven years into my fandom for it. This guy looked um, probably about my age. Okay. So around there in his, okay. in his 30s, probably. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he. Yeah. But he's got like, you know, so much more time on me and so many other people. Like people have been reading this series right. for 30 years. And it's like, yeah. Did, St- Did Stephen King see the movie? Because he. he- he made some comments defending the... He did, and the important thing to note is that Stephen King... Shameless self-promoter. <laughs> he, sort of, but also he... He um, he tends to like things a lot, or not necessarily like things a lot, but he he's so forgiving for every... Um, adaptation that that's made of his work. You know what though, I, I can appreciate that because mm-hmm. this is a man that, or and it could be true to be said about anybody that mm-hmm. is in uh, the you know creative atmosphere. Right. They've created something that someone has loved enough to want to yeah. adapt it to. So I can kind of see that he's like he's like the anti mm-hmm. of uh, oh man, uh, I can't believe I'm flaking on his name, but the the writer of the Watchmen uh, series. Oh oh. Uh, I'm gonna show my comic book ignorance. Not oh, Frank Miller? No, or Mark Millar? Not, no, not Frank Miller. Mark Millar. Um, yeah, I've got nothing then. Oh my God, I know his name. I can't think of it. I, I know the name of the artist, Dan Gibbons. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of bugging me that I can't. did. The writer of it also just do something called Jerusalem. Ah, uh, uh, what? Jerusalem. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Well, it's this area that Al- Alamore. God, I oh yeah, Alamore. Yeah. Anyway, Al- Alamore has is notorious for hating every adaptation 
of anything that he's ever written. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, his his thought is that I I was perfect, and if you think you can improve upon perfection, then fuck off. Right. So, like, Zack Snyder was Jeez. quoted as saying once that, you know, if my, my greatest hope would be the Almores sitting around and just catches my movie one day because he's bored on a Sunday mm-hmm. and he thinks to himself, eh, that wasn't bad. And Al Moore's <laughs> response was like, he's he's fooling himself if he thinks I'd ever give this. And it's just like a total, like, fuck you to Zach Schneider. I'm like, man, calm, calm down, buddy. But he was the same way with, like, for V for Vendetta. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Swamp Thing and uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I'll give him The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was a horrible, horrible movie. Sure. But, but yeah, Stephen King sounds like he's, like, anti Yeah, and it's, and I mean, it's weird because, like, he, he hates, like, he hates the Kubrick movie. Uh, oh really? Right. Yeah, he he hates it. Um, and uh, part of the like like I think that well, it is just a conspiracy movie talking about how we never landed on the <laughs> moon. Christ. So yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> uh, he's he's gone on record saying he just didn't didn't care for that at all, which is mind boggling to me now because I think his reason is that it, it's because it doesn't it's not like uh like jack nicholson is already crazy when he gets to the hotel and it's it's not about him going crazy it's just this crazy guy who's who's mm-hmm. amplifying his crazy i've see i've never read the book but i love the movie yeah i love both of them uh the shining is like my was my entry point to stephen king oh really yeah oh i it was the first stephen king book i read and it's it's amazing um and i get his criticisms of it and everything but what i don't understand is how he can uh approve the dark tower when I mean, and I've I've said this before. I've honed this comparison down since I last recorded it last night. But the idea of Roland Deschain, the last gunslinger from the line of Eld, him in in the books from the first line to the last line, and throughout the four thousand two hundred plus pages in between, the that character is devoted to like his quest is to go to the tower to preserve his dying world. That is, but Roland is not to get revenge, not to get revenge. It's like his, like he, he's like his ka. Not that anyone would know what the fuck that word means because it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> That's what the but, birds say, right? Like ka, <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Um, but his entire purpose is to go to the tower to try to preserve his dying world. And they made this movie about Roland Deschane wanting to kill the man in black, not giving two shits about the tower or nothing about preserving the tower, nothing about his, his, what makes him arguably Stephen King's most complex and tragic and, and complicated character. And it's not there at all. And that is the biggest like, fuck you to anyone who's read and enjoyed those books. You know, um, maybe, maybe King made some comments because it hasn't released yet, and he's trying that, not to I be detrimental yeah. to the movie. Because um, I'm sure he's got a deal where he gets a share of the oh, yeah. quote-unquote profits. Right. Uh, but Jesus. maybe that was it, and maybe like a year from now he'll come out and be like, man. Yeah. Ugh. But the comparison that I make, the, the kind of analogy that I make is that imagine if – as okay, um, if you if you don't know the Dark Tower mythos or the book series or anything, like imagine it if imagine if Peter Jackson 
went in and and created or adapted Fellowship of the Ring, didn't have the other books planned or anything, just was doing the first one, cut it down to 95 minutes, and made the quest to destroy the ring not about not about Frodo taking the taking the ring to Mount Doom to to uh to destroy it and everything, but his quest is to go after uh, uh, Saruman. Sauron. No, no, no. Oh, Saruman. Yeah. Okay. Um, because Saruman killed some some hobbits and he wants to kill him for it, and then Sar- Sauron is only referenced in graffiti. Oh, okay. In like so two scenes. Sauron's the Crimson King. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I walked out of the movie thinking that uh, Jackie Earl Ray was the Crimson King. Oh, yeah. Jackie Earl Haley. Haley. Sorry. Yeah. Earl Ray? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he was the, the Crimson King. They, they, I feel like there was a point where they're like, oh, he had the Crimson King, and they go to his scene. I was like, oh, the Crimson King. Oh, yeah. Was like, he doesn't look like anything. He doesn't look kingly or crimson. Right. No, he's what's called a Cantoy, which, again, not in the movie. Um, and he is also his character's his character name is Richard P. Sayer. Uh, they only reference him as Rich or as 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 Sayer in the movie. And then there's one scene where Matthew McConaughey is like, "All right, Dickie boy." It's like mm. you didn't establish that his name is Richard, <laughs> so that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, can we talk about my most hated part? Yes, of the movie? go right ahead. So- <laughs> I, te- I I texted I texted Matt after the movie about mm-hmm. how terrible it was, and I told him that the the worst part of the movie was for me where Matthew McConaughey's character is on uh, is in Keystone Earth cooking chicken in Jake's right. parents' kitchen, and he makes a comment of, "Oh, I love chicken. They don't have this on my world." Mm-hmm. And then they go to uh, the Midworld, mm-hmm. where there's this big fight scene in the village, and what do they fucking show? A close-up of a goddamn chicken. Right. And I saw that chicken, I was like, what are they doing? There is clearly a chicken. You even took, like, it wasn't even the background. It's like right. full-fledged frame of a chicken. I feel like the filmmakers were being meta because if you look at the movie as a whole, every single Stephen King Easter egg was not an Easter egg. It was just a prominent, like... Yeah, I was like, here's oh, Pennywise. Hey. Yeah, there's Pennywise. Here's a St. Bernard. That's Cujo. Here's this kid playing with with a car. That's that's Christine. Where was uh, St. Bernard? Uh, it's in the... Uh, walking down the street, or walking down the sidewalk, sidewalk uh, in New York. I don't remember. Yeah, well, the camera focuses on it for, like, a good three seconds. Uh, it does. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like maybe this is... This is the filmmaker's version of... Of the Blue close milk. up of the no, well, maybe, but no, uh, like this is the version. This is the filmmaker's version of basically doing a future Easter egg by saying like, "Hey, here's here's a shot of a chicken. Remember when yeah. the man in black said that there were no chickens? Here's an Easter egg for you." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I don't know why it just made me so angry. Yeah, like the whole point. Well, like they just made a point to be like, "We don't have chickens in Midworld." Right. So there's a fucking chicken right there. What pissed me off was um, the fact that they're in the forest and they're 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 making camp and everything, and then uh, they at at the at the lair, which has such a cool name in the books. It's called the <laughs> Divar Toy. Um, don't say it in the movie though. Um, they they launch the big fireball at the tower that is. 
it's this is a great metaphor for the movie as a whole, and I'm repeating shit that I said last night. That's but fine. I don't care. But um, this is a metaphor for the movie as a whole. In the books, the tower, um, there there are beams that connect the tower in place that that hold that hold the tower in place. Um, the like the big bad of the series, the Crimson King, like they're they're weakening those beams so that the tower will fall. It's all like it's not like a visual thing. It's just like the the beams are weakening and that's what's toppling the tower. Um, but no, this movie just takes a literal approach to it that they're firing a big ass fucking fireball at a tower. And it's like that's literally trying to break the tower down that way. And it's the dumbest thing because it forsakes all of the mythology of the beams and everything and everything that's important to the series. And then what I hated so much was that um, they show that when they're camping and everything. And then like the very fucking next scene, Roland is like, there's a village over here. We can have, they have a seer. seer. Yeah, they have a seer. She can show us where this is. Go to where the fucking thing, you just saw the big fucking fireball. Walk in that goddamn direction for like two days and you're fucking there. Like, it is line of sight. It really is. You just saw the big overhead. Let me ask you this. Do they ever explain the, uh, why? Of why the man in black wants the tower? Because I feel like you're just like, yeah, I want this t- tower to fall. Why? Yeah, I'm bored. Um, the funny thing is that that's not like his. That's not really his purpose in the books. Like he's just he's a sorcerer that like the entire like the gunslinger is Roland chasing after um, chasing after Walter. Because he he needs to get information from him on, on how gotcha. to get to the tower. So, do they ever explain why the Crimson King wants they things do. destroyed? They do, okay. and uh, and it makes and it makes sense, and it's interesting, and everything. It's a, it's a little silly, just a little bit. Well, don't, some of it. Don't I'm not going to spoil it, but um, some of it gets a little silly in general. But it's it's explained. But that was another thing that just they, bothered me. You you yeah. have no background as no. to. What Matthew McConaughey's motives are? Right. Like, okay, I understand he wants to destroy the tower mm-hmm. and bring death upon. But why? Yeah. there's no why. Well, there was a a brief explanation that I actually enjoyed. This scene when when uh, Jake had drawn the tower in in the in the, in the dirt. Um, there you're, were beams love, in there. You're a good drawer. I drew a circle and some spokes. Calm right, down, Roland. right. Um, and then Roland has that what I thought was maybe one of the standouts of the movie was when he took that spider and he's like explaining like the tower um, the tire the the uh, the tower holds existence it, like he explained it like it's a, it's a bubble like a force field around all of all of the universe that's keeping out um, what in the books is referred to as Todash space that's just space outside the universe that's populated by monsters mm. and so in the movie it's the tower is keeping keeping that at bay and the man in black wants to destroy the tower so that so that the darkness and and the monsters can come in and he can just he can rain he can he can uh rain a world of monsters like like he can be in charge of a world of monsters which that i i liked that in the movie like it's different from it's different from the description in the books about about the tower and everything but it's different enough to where uh it makes sense and it makes for an interesting an interesting thing. Okay. That is the only th- part of the fucking movie where Roland shows any 
any knowledge of there being a tower, <laughs> any any hope for wanting to preserve it or anything. And it's it's exposition. <laughs> but I loved the imagery of him having like a giant ass spider yeah. at the edge of it because spiders like famously Stephen King incorporates spiders in a ton of shit. Mm. And like he's like if if you see a picture of his house, uh like he has iron gates that have spiders like spiders in the oh, and nice. iron gates. Yeah. Uh so that was a nice touch. But but yeah, uh, yeah. Um so let let's go through the movie a little bit and you say something that wasn't explained and maybe I can, I don't know if shed the light, shed some light in it cause you'll be reading it, but I can just, I can just be angry about how not explained it was. Is it called shine in the books? No, no, it's not called the shine, which I didn't have a problem with them changing it because, um, cause it's, it's a nod to Stephen King. Um, Is that, but the, I feel like that's a pretty weird nod because yeah, the shine was a pretty large, sig- pretty significant point of the movie. Right, like they're like we're after the kids with shine. Yeah, ninety-five minute movie. They said the word shine probably, and that was probably like forty percent of the fucking yeah. dialogue. So I. I feel like that's yeah. a little disservice of an Easter egg because it, it you're is. really it making a prominent is. point. In the, yeah, in 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 the books, it's called the touch, and it's not that it's not necessarily the same. It's not like psychic abilities or anything like that. I mean, it it is. It's like it's different a little bit, but um, like at no point in the book series is Jake like he doesn't have it in in. They're trying to get him to to. Use use it to get out so of the they're tower. not trying to take Jake to the the secret layer in no, the books. There's none of that in the books, not even close to it. And one of the things that pissed me off was that let's let's talk about the scene where he trains him to to shoot a gun. Yeah, yeah, um, fucking stupid. Yeah, horrible. Um, yeah, like I liked it in the trailer because I thought like, oh, he's going to train him to be a gunslinger. That's awesome. But like. They do the Gunslinger Creed, which I still get chills hearing Idris Elba say it. But it's a good creed. Yeah, it is. But you know, and, it's not like they wrote it. Yeah, so exactly. It. So they're doing it and everything, and I'm thinking like, oh shit, because like, oh god, Jake's gonna be a gunslinger. He's like, this is him taking him under his wing and stuff. And he's gonna train him to be a gunslinger and everything. And then like after all of that, Roland's just like. Uh, your weapon is the shine. I I, <laughs> I have the like, guns. What the fuck? Why even? Why even show him the guns? Yeah, and then and then fucking god damn it! That ending, that fucking ending. There it is, like about- Roland and Jake off into yep. a world with adventures. Yep. And what pissed me off about that? Like I liked the hot dog line. I I thought it was funny. I yeah, thought it was kind of right. cute. But like between Roland. Actually saying to him, like, you have nothing to live for here. Let's go to, let's right. go to this place. You're like, shit room. here. Come with me. Yeah. Let's forget that you have a friend who has a family that right. will likely take you in. But uh, that, and then he's like, why don't you come with me? Doesn't explain why. Doesn't explain yeah. Where are we gonna it, what go? his purpose is. What do we have left to do? Yeah. And they don't even have the fucking budget to show them go through the portal at the end because it's a <laughs> fucking reshoot. God. <laughs> And how much of the gunslinger do you remember? Do you remember I, in terms of plot? Because I don't want to spoil anything. I remember uh, pretty well 
the start of it, him going through the desert. I I mm. have a very good memory of the uh, when he encounters the town because I love that part. I would yeah. love to have seen the big uh, gunfight. And that was in, in the, the original. Town. That was in the 2014 draft of the was script. It? Yeah. Mm. And not only was it in the script, it was like one of the first scenes with Roland. So it's like a very good like introduction to him right. and everything. And man, like the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. That's like a pivotal line in Stephen King's career. Right. And it's like, he says that it's like the best sentence he's ever written in a book. Um, and it's very important. Um, arguably the second most important or equally most important line in the entire series is Jake saying, go then there are other worlds than these. I remember reading that line for the first time. I remember knowing the emotional impact of it. I remember how, how, um, how emotional it was and how, how impactful it was. Um, but in the movie, we get him screaming at the man in black, you killed my mom. <laughs> and it's so flat and anticlimactic and stupid. And they didn't even have the budget to show her dead body. They had a pile of ashes. Pile of ashes. It was symbolic. She yes. burned. I I was I thought it was ridiculous the turn in Jake. I was like, oh, I'm so mad and sulky now because all you want is revenge. And all right, let's go buy some guns. Right? Let's yeah, go, exactly. Let's go get some guns. Like, oh no. Uh, your brother uh, DM'd me after he saw the movie, and uh, he made the comparison that's been made several times, and it's not. I mean, it's an accurate comparison. Unfortunately, uh, let's see. Peter said. I just left the Dark Tower. I literally have no words. It's like they took some generic young adult novel that couldn't sell on its own, threw in some half-assed gunslinger references in, plus the fucking Shining for God knows what reason, <laughs> and called it Dark Tower. Jesus, that was awful. And then he, uh, and then he said, even as a standalone film, it was pretty generic. For some reason, it made me think of Last Action Hero, except Last Action Hero was entertaining. Oh man, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, and it's it's just like that. I and. I hated the big hug between him and Roland. I'm like, that was just over the top. I don't remember. Yeah, he like jumps into Roland's arms. I forget at what point he does it, but he has... Was it when when his mom was dead? No. No, I feel like it was a joyous hug. I can't remember. Oh, probably when he killed the man in black. It could be. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. God damn it. And... I wasn't impressed with any of the action sequence at all. To be really? Like, the the one at night was just... They did a poor job of lighting mm. that entire sequence. $60 million budget. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. But, like, there but that was, doesn't excuse it. No, all. you're... Yeah. Th- there were some flashes of fun mm-hmm. in the, uh, the big scene uh, before he makes it to the portal. Mm-hmm. But even then, uh, most of that fight was really convoluted and hard to... Do like, you mean in in the village or no in, in the Dixie Pig. in the Dixie Pig? Okay, so like you'd see Roland yeah. jump from one side of the building to the other, and then shit was destroyed. I I don't know. It was hard to follow yeah. what the hell was going on there. And then the the big climatic God the damn kill, it. that yeah. pissed me off so much because of physics. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. You. It's impossible. You can't <laughs> shoot one bullet and then shoot another to have it ricochet. You've already shot one. It's not going to catch up, especially after you ricochet off something else yep that's fucking retarded <laughs> that made me almost as mad as the physics uh nonsense in gravity oh, and the only reason yeah. gravity makes me more right. mad is because that's based that was supposed to be based on science right. and, but that was just so fucking stupid it was it was i i will i will 
cop to that. It was really stupid. That that made me so mad. And what's so frustrating about that is that they and granted, you know that this is coming throughout the movie, but like like again, one of like I remember finishing the gunslinger for the first time. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what copy I have. I I was reading. I don't have that copy anymore because uh, you know, someone was a terrible person. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, loaned it, never got it back. Um, and that person is dead to me. Um, but I was reading that at work, finished it, and like the ending of the gunslinger has such beautiful, beautiful imagery because the man in black and Roland are, are having their palaver. They're talking about it. And like, it's basically setting up the series and setting up the next book and setting up all of the mythology and explaining stuff about the tower. And it's like, it's so amazing the way that it's detailed and everything, but no, we get a fucking half-assed gunfight where fucking the man in black stops bullets like Neo then takes them in and throws, throws them, them back, back at him, which is so stupid. Ah, uh, because the the conflict with the man in black is that he's not he's not like a war like they're not he's not warriors. Yeah, they're not warriors. They're not like he's not in a battle with Roland. He is orchestrating things behind the scenes. He's putting things in place. He's I mean he's Randall Flag from the stand literally. And it's, and it's, uh, and also his fucking powers. First of all, you're a wizard, Walter. (laughs) Exactly. Like it, it felt like they didn't know how to do it without special effects. And then they saw, um, Jessica Jones and saw David Tennant and was like, let's have (laughs) him do that. What he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Stop breathing. Don't speak. Hate. Um, yeah, the hate. And so all they did stupid. is the girl gives them like some monetary yeah. look. Like hate. The se- I cuz I saw this movie twice. The second time I saw it, the entire time I was sitting there, I was like in my head, I was imagining how I would take this movie and cut together like as a challenge, cut together a trailer for a movie that would be much better and much huh. truer. So like that, he wouldn't say hate. It would just be a quick shot of him passing by the bench. And then her turning, like her eyes darkening, and and it being very ominous and stuff to show, like he is, like he just spreads hate and and destruction everywhere he goes, like because you don't need him to literally fucking say, hate "Don't breathe" or "Stop breathing." And yeah, uh, yep. Yeah. So, what did you think of Roland's introduction and Dennis Haysbert in that scene? Wait, which part? The uh, the scene, the first scene that we get of Roland Deschain, you know, the central figure of all the Dark yeah. Tower books, you know, one of the most uh, complex and, and uh, complicated um, characters in all of Stephen King's uh, uh, bibliography, 25 minutes into the movie when we see him for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in the scene, it's the end of a war. Um, that they don't go into detail about. Um, yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, you have no background nothing. whatsoever. What are we fighting about? Right. Who's the enemy here? They say it's something to do with the tower, but it doesn't explain what it was. It's not true to the to the books at all. It's it's just a and like the big climactic death. The reason you're seeking mm-hmm. revenge is stop breathing. Stop breathing, and he's done. Yeah. Like 
like, so stupid. Really? And in that scene, it's not even fucking established that he is Roland's dad. No, you don't even find that out till later. He's you just don't. like, okay, they're comrades, yes. Yeah. And it was like, he killed my father. Right. And then the, the scene of the battlefield with the one guy <laughs> like on the ground that looks like is it's a, it's a Civil War reenactment. It really did. It yeah. looked That was terrible. the feeling I got. Was Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I... And then no explanation about why why Roland can resist the man in black's magic. Like, like it's just, they just tell us like, Oh, you can't, you can resist my magic. All right. Like, I've kept this bullet for a, a long right. time because you can't, because you can resist me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, God damn that movie. I also hated the, that stupid air reload. I oh, hate, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, People said it looked cheesy. I thought it looked kind of cool. I thought the the battle in the Dixie Pig. I thought that was pretty cool. That was I, that that was the one shining moment. I of the thought movie they there me. was. I, I didn't think they cut it together well. I I, I thought yeah. it was very convoluted and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I thought the the uh, the battle in the village was better. Oh really? I did. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And it, it wasn't yeah. great though. No, like, it still no. wasn't great. Yeah. Like I just thought it was better. Right. So it's like for me the battle of the Dixie Pig. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm examining like a bunch of different piles of shit that are put <laughs> together and then this one's like oh there's some corn in that one. Um that's why it or was like different. The, the famous Billy Madison line. Here's a nice pile of shit. <laughs> right. I, but I I mean I liked it. It it like that there it was like an assemblage of different shots uh both bang bang and you know action shots um uh an assemblage of shots that weren't cut together that well but some of them were like really impressive like that shot where he shoots the guy through the scope i thought that was that, really that cool. was that was cool I'll, yeah. g- I'll give them that that was a, that was a cool shot yeah um, and just seeing idris elba you know maneuver around and 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 basically take command of his weapons and stuff i thought like i thought he like he had that presence to him that yeah he does I uh, love Idris Elba commands your attention no mm-hmm. matter where what you're seeing him in absolutely he just has that presence on the screen he's fantastic yep. he's he's a pleasure to watch mm-hmm. it's just a shame he was given shit material absolutely and like if they if they reboot it at some point if they redo it at some point and they do it right it's gonna suck that it's not gonna be Idris Elba because right he deserves a really good script for this movie because he could be amazing i know some fucking (laughs) white guy dear god if they if they get scott eastwood i will fucking burn that one of the people are always like oh the only reason that people say scott eastwood should play roland is because he is clint eastwood's son and the major um influence for roland deshane was uh clint was clint eastwood and like the man with no name trilogy that's gotcha. the only reason because he looks like clint eastwood not the fact that he is a terrible actor i don't um, know that i've ever even se- i'm sure i've seen something where he's been in it i've seen a couple of movies i can't remember what one of them are but i saw him in the most recent fast and furious movie which uh, granted yeah, i haven't seen isn't like the most isn't the pinnacle of acting or anything but he was what? just yeah, he was just so bland and, and just not interesting he would have fit well in this movie like <laughs> if he was if he was roland in this movie and then eventually we get another movie where uh where idris alba is in it and they do it right that would be great apparently he was in yeah. gran torino i don't remember who he was in gran torino but... oh yeah oh he was huh. in uh suicide squad 
Another bland. Was movie. he really? Yeah. Oh god. He was in Snowden. Huh. Apparently, I've seen him oh, in yeah, a, lot he was of, in a lot of good things. Yeah. But you don't really remember him, or anything. Yeah, that's right. Very memorable. He's yeah. in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 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 Um. What else? What did you think of the Roland in New York stuff? The last action hero bits. Uh, it was forgettable. Yeah. Like the 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 hospital scene was kind of amusing. Yeah. I I loved that because it was a nice nod to something in the books. Yeah. I won't give away anything, but. It was I that may have actually been my favorite part of the movie just because it wasn't a, an overt easter egg like like it wasn't like when they're going through the fucking portal in the village and then the guy literally says like remember this number right yeah. yeah it was 1408 and the only reason they need to remember is because it's a Stephen it, King reference I was going to say even I I got that Stephen King reference Yeah and it's like it's not it's not like remember, they were ever... remember this wink 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 yeah. number right it's like remember this number because you'll need it to get back no part of the plan was them coming back to that right. to that portal like at all the should, plan was to go to the fucking Dixie Pig and stuff they should have had like a Brooks was here thing or a Stephen yeah. King was here <laughs> yeah yeah so let's talk about why like the what happened like as a, from a studio standpoint like i've read a lot of the production and everything what do you think happened cuz i think that they took a property hoping mm-hmm. to get bu- big bucks off of it mm-hmm. thought that they could play off the name and mm-hmm. throw together a movie minimal amounts of money and make profits yep and if it was a 60 million dollar budget it'll probably profit once the yeah. overseas markets come through yeah i don't know what the worldwide box office is and it still needs to open and some other territories in a week or two. Yeah, and... Well, like, DVD sales will... Uh, for whatever reason, no matter how shitty a movie is, they always make DVD sales. Are you going to buy it? I You... S- don't. Just I, don't. You <laughs> Don't. Why? Are you going to watch it again? Probably. I mean, you know... Hey, you own The Phantom Menace. I get some enjoyment out of The Phantom Menace. I like the hospital scene in, so in the So YouTube, down. the hospital in scene. In the Dixie Pig. <laughs> um, no, uh, well, I need it for my project to make a decent trailer out of it. Fair enough. And it's a dark tower. I have the Funko Pops. It's The Funko Pops are fine. Man. You know, he Roland Duchesne at, with Idris Elba makes a great Funko Pop. He does, That's yeah. great. And, and that's the only Funko Pop... Uh, Roland that you can own, but turns right. out there's other variations of the Dark Tower you can own. Maybe not. That's true. Maybe not cinematic. I and it's funny because I I do still want the uh, movie tie-in edition of of the Gunslinger oh, just to have it in my collection. <laughs> and uh, and they do have man, they have that new box. Like for years, for the last seven years, I've been saying like I fucking wish that the Dark Tower had a complete box set that was all the cover art was all uniform and everything because uh, like I collected the illustrated editions and since the since the publication dates were so staggered, like the first four books were released up until like nineties, uh, early nineties, I think 92, 93. And then there was a, there was a big hiatus from releasing, from publishing books of it. And so the last three books were just pumped out. Like he, he wrote them after his accident in the early two okay. thousands. Um, so like he sat down and was like, I'm finishing the dark tower. And so he wrote the last three books. So like those, and I think he changed publishers or something, something happened there. So they look different, 
from the first four and uh and yeah it's just it's and now they have like this really nice box set that it looks it looks okay, so good bu- buy the literature I, I want uh, to i want to don't buy the movie it's something dark and i also want to you know get the deleted scenes and and oh, i'm sure they're gonna be see, great yeah and I want to see how they uh, justify themselves. <laughs> if there's a commentary, I, you know what? I on was it. gonna say I'd be curious to listen to the commentary in your shoes. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's the Dark Tower. It's fair enough. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't buy the most recent Ninja Turtle movie. You know why? Because a giant pile of garbage. That's fair. I love the Ninja Turtles, but right. I will not support garbage. That's fair. That's fair. That's but fair. Anyway. But yeah, um, Jake also was a terrible kid actor. I'm sorry. You you thought so? I oh, thought he God, was thought, one of the strongest parts oh, of the movie. No, no really. I thought anything was, in particular that you didn't like? Just bland. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like it on Earth a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Tell me again. What I what I liked about him is he felt like he was. If you let the tower fall, <laughs> my world will die. Uh-huh. He's not as awful as the stepfather actor. Well, the stepfather actor didn't even have anything to do. <laughs> he just like comes in for one line of dickish commentary yeah. and then leaves. Right. <laughs> I'm going to come in. Jake, you're going to do what you don't want to do. Because I like your hot mom's ass. Right. I'll see you later. His mom was so oh, hot. smoking hot. Catherine Winnick. Smoking hot. Get it? So, smoking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she was she was super She's hot. She was girl. in she was in another movie, um, I, Amusement, I, I think. I looked her. I liked. I've never seen her anything. I looked no. her IMDb stuff up uh, when I got back from the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's super hot. But um, and like, ugh, god damn it, that movie! Yes. Like the production. Like this is why I don't follow production like news and stuff. I bet that everything. entire production was a giant shit show. I. I mean, for the mere fact yeah. that this movie was supposed to launch back in February, mm-hmm. you didn't get a trailer for this until like big May. budget summer film or film until like two months out from mm-hmm. the film. I and then I they even pushed was... it one. They pushed it back one week to swap it with the Emoji Movie, so that the Emoji Movie would have an extra week in the summer for the kids. Like that's how much that's how little faith they had in this movie. And like it felt like, and I in. Uh, it felt like they had the rights to something and they were going to lose the rights, so they put out this well, terrible product. Sony's kind of infamous for that anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's why they rebooted Spider-Man, because they were about to right? lose, the, lose the rights. So they, yeah. And to be fair, I actually enjoy the first Amazing Spider-Man. The, the sure, second me too. one's kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. But that's the only reason they made it. And not yeah. it. The, right, the, right. Didn't mean to emphasize it as in right. like, the movie. It, <laughs> so confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the knights who say knee would probably never watch that movie. <laughs> you get that nice. joke? I do. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, but no, e- even Fox is guilty of that. That That's why they made the shit uh, Fantastic Four movies, because right. they're losing the rights to that, too. And yeah. as a fuck you to uh, Fox, Marvel canceled the comic book. Right. Yeah, didn't they just recently like come out and like didn't someone come out and like confirm like yeah that's yeah but we know it. we knew yeah the, the, we also know that's why they killed off Wolverine mm-hmm. in, in the comic books because they want the rights back for for Logan okay uh, so it, Mar- Marvel wants their characters back and I, mm-hmm. I feel bad for Marvel yeah because they sold off their characters to movie dis- 
distributors when there was a big dip in the comic book right. industry. And so that's how they're But they're the doing money, okay. Yeah. Comic-wise, are they doing okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're okay. fine now. Shit, yeah. they're pumping out more comics than... Like, there's comic books that they're pumping out that I, I wonder, like, who's who's reading this shit? Because, like, <laughs> random-ass characters that you mm. never even think of or, or they have their own comic book. Okay. And it just it boggles my mind. It's like, someone actually picked that up? Someone was that intrigued <laughs> by this character? That the, I mean, more power to them. Yeah. I've never judged anyone for the comic books that right. they read. But, yeah, the, the comic in, industry for Marvel and anybody else is doing, is doing just fine. Nice. So... But yeah, and it's a shame that you know now they're trying to put the pieces of their universe back together, mm-hmm. and it, it's a struggle. You know, Fox yeah. has had major success with X Men, so they're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna willingly just say, "Hey, have this billion dollar franchise back. We don't mm-hmm. want it anymore." And Sony's right. not gonna do the same thing, even though they have yet to strike gold since Spider Man Two. Right. So right. you know they they just keep swinging and missing. Um, <laughs> Swing. Oh and shit! Missing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't even know what nice. I was doing there. <laughs> Awesome. Good job, yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- they still, I'm sure those movies are still profitable to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure even The Amazing Spider-Man 2 grossed probably $200 million yeah. domestically. Right. So it, it's they're still profitable, and they're yeah. not about to shove a profitable franchise away. Right. And... Um but I don't know with the Dark Tower. I don't. I don't know that the rights were about to expire. I don't know that they had a time limit on that. They at probably all. didn't. They just probably were looking for. Let's be honest. What What does Sony have out lately? Yeah, nothing. So they they're probably going through the bin. Like, what can yeah. we make? But why not? Like, how do studio executives? How do they not look at this? Like, hey. Look at the most successful shit that's out there now. Like, look at how massively successful Lord of the Rings was. Look how successful Game of Thrones is. Like these these mythologies and these these very uh, these genre based uh, um, mythologies and stuff. Like, why try to cut so many corners? Like, I know it's a huge it's, investment. It's profits. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's all it's all about dollars. I'm sure there's some kind of formula that some algorithm mm-hmm. they have where they can determine, you know, what can we invest in this time wise yeah. and passion wise, and is it would it be worth it for us to stake four years into a production process right. to make fans happy, or do we want to shit this product out and make? A profit, mm-hmm. you know. What what do our stockholders want? You know, right. they, they want to see they want to see profits. So, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? We're going to give them some shit profits. What I wish is that like the business side of Hollywood would actually see a movie and um, like know that you well, know. They don't care. Yeah. I, I just they're they're businessmen. They're not yeah. in it for the art. They're in it for the business. And I I I get it. Yeah, and that's a classic struggle between right. Hollywood and stuff. It, has more characterization than the it's, motivation of the movie. It's just, it's <laughs> relieving to see, you know, when Peter Jackson was pitching mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, he was pitching it to movie studios as two movies. Cause he, right. d- he didn't think anyone would invest that mm-hmm. much time and effort into it until he took it to new line and new line was like, well, it's three books. Why, why aren't we making this three movies? Mm. So it's, it's nice when, you know, a movie studio will back a passion yeah. project. Yeah. And it's, and I'm, yeah, and I'm and I'm not I'm not delusional. Like, yeah, I'm upset that you know I'm not gonna get that. I'm not gonna get the Dark Tower to jump over to my favorite medium, um, in either in the move in even either in movies or TV shows or both the way that I wanted to. I'm not I'm not crazy. I know that that's 
I know how incredibly unlikely it is to happen. Like Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson being able to make the Lord of the Rings movies like all at once and like them th- like that is unheard of. That was a gamble. That was a yeah. huge and you know to be to be fair Mm-hmm. That was stupid of New Line. Oh, absolutely. It was like you, oh, you yeah. want to film three three-hour movies consecutively and release mm-hmm. them a year apart. Fuck off. Yeah. Once yeah. I see how much it's going to cost to do right. all the uh, special effects. Yeah. But they did it, mm-hmm. and it became a massive, massive success. Yeah. Um, balls to the person that made the decision oh, yeah. to greenlight all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same with Game of Thrones. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, we have this unfinished book property that, right. and you, you want to just do a multi-season, multi-million dollar per episode mm-hmm. TV series? Oh, fuck it, do it, all right. Yeah. And it turns out to be one of the most popular TV shows in history. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It, it's all a gamble and like... But, you know, like, so, Sony gambled on the Center of Six and trying to make a Spider-Man mm-hmm. universe and it collapsed on itself. So, you know, there's yeah. failures two that are just as detrimental as those are profitable so yeah and oddly enough they all are at sony um (laughs) and fox but i think it it comes down honestly not to sound quirky but Mm -hmm. love love for what you're doing because look look Mm -hmm. at marvel they've established the movie studio and brought the characters they've Mm -hmm. created to life yeah and it's full of passion and love with the people kevin feige has an encyclopedic knowledge right. of, of the source material. Same yeah. with Peter Jackson and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It, he was just a huge diehard fan of the mm-hmm. books at, since he was a child. So, and he brings the, the project to life and he, there's love in it mm-hmm. and you can, you can just, you can tell when that passion's in the film and mm-hmm. it, it certainly wasn't there. And right. Uh, yeah. And, and that's what's that's why one of the reasons why I was so excited about the movie and I, I had I was optimistic about it was that Nikolai Arcel is a huge fan of the books, the well, director. It sounds like he just wasn't given any Exactly a, any support from the studio. Yeah. The 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 problem was that he is this was his first Hollywood movie and he does not have the weight to throw around to veto yeah. stupid things like he doesn't have like <laughs> he's not he's not uh Spielberg uh telling the telling the guy what a funny joke it was to name Back to the Future zombie or monsters from Mars or whatever or space monsters from Mars or whatever. Did you know? No. Did you know about that? No. Oh, there was a there it's a famous anecdote and they actually have a picture of the actual note that uh during production of Back to the Future one of the producers, I don't remember who it was, um, sent a note to them, like a memo saying like, hey, I really, I really love what you guys are doing and stuff. Um, I had a note though. Do you think you should – I think we should change the name Back to the Future because that doesn't really make sense and change it to um, Space Monsters from Mars or, or something, whatever, whatever the comic was that the kid was reading – um, when he goes back to 1955 and he he crashes into old right, man Peabody's yeah. barn, because um, that would be great because that shows like that looks just like him or uh, it says like it would be a nice little like Easter egg for it and everything, uh, like why the movie's titled that or something, um, and yeah and so so Steven Spielberg who was producer in the movie, uh, got that and was like okay guys I'll I'll take care of this so he <laughs> sent a message or sent an email not email not an email not an email like called him up or whatever and said like hey man that was a really funny joke we got a huge kick out of that <laughs> that was really great we really appreciate that we needed that levity or whatever and then like the the producer was so like 
Oh yeah. Just like, yeah, great. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So, but he doesn't have like Nikolai yeah, doesn't, doesn't have, have that kind that. of pull. Yeah. No, and, and it's unfortunate. Um, it is. It is. But then again, Sony probably you know was thoughtful in hiring somebody they knew that could keep the reins on, uh, right? Yeah, and make the movie they thought needed to be made. So, mm-hmm. yep, it's a shame. But I did, I did have a, a fairly lengthy conversation with uh, one of my former coworkers uh, today, um, and I was telling him about the Dark Tower and how just god awful it was, and my disappointment with it and everything, and he. <laughs> He said like this little nugget that I was like, this is, that's what I needed to hear. He said, if you think about it, we needed, or we kind of needed to have Batman Forever and Batman and Robin before we got the Dark Knight trilogy. And I'm like, maybe not that comparable because Batman is like a fucking institution and everything. So there was always going to be another Batman movie at some point. But I mean, that's a good kind of vibe to put out in the universe hope yeah star wars yeah yeah (laughs) yeah the funny thing though is that fucking akiva goldsman wrote batman and robin (laughs) so yeah but man this series could be so great right (laughs) well it could be so great it it still can be it can yeah you know there was a lord of the rings was made in in a uh cartoon in right. the 80s mm-hmm. so it, who knows somewhere down yeah. the line you might get what you're hoping for right and i and i hope so and i had such a vivid idea of how i wanted this movie to go and what like it wouldn't be so bad if my thought process and my my expectations for it were too high and that i couldn't i was that what i wanted blinded what i right. got like it wouldn't be that bad but no what we got was a steaming pile of well, shit. Watchmen came out, what, 2008, 2009, somewhere right. around there. And they're already push, uh, you know, plugging a miniseries True. for HBO. True. So maybe maybe that's the future of this franchise. Yeah. Maybe, and I, I honestly, that's where that's what it sounds like it needs to be. It's, yeah. It sounds like it needs to be in the hands mm-hmm. of a of a high budget. Yeah. Uh, TV yeah. TV show. And so. man, we almost fucking had it. We almost had the perfect one before all of this, before Ron Howard was attached to it in 2010. We almost had the perfect people do it. And I mean, granted, they don't have the like they like in terms of the phantoms of their work and stuff, they don't have the biggest uh they made people unhappy with with what they're most known for at the, at the time, but back in 2004, um, the triumvirate of J.J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof, and Carlton Cuse, who did Lost, uh, they bought the rights to The Dark Tower from Stephen King for nineteen dollars, uh, which nineteen is is a very significant yeah, number. Right. Yeah, um, for nineteen dollars, and they were going to adapt it, but they were too in love with the source material and that, that they couldn't crack it. Like they they were too big a fans of it. To to adapt it. it sounds like a cop out to me. It it does. That's yeah. like Peter oh, Jackson yeah. saying, "Like, oh, I'm too vested in this source material." Like, yeah, exactly. Mm, no. Yeah, so they didn't do it. And it's like if that, they... that's the, those are the people that you want heading that project. You don't want right. So I, yeah, it's a cop out. Yeah, it, I agree. I agree. But but yeah, people that love the series should 
be at the head of it. Like JJ Abrams, like I'm going to go remake New Hope first. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I just wish. I just wish that that would have happened. I wish that that's what they followed Lost up with. Um, which Lost is like, and in, in there are uh, not like specific references to the Dark Tower and Lost, but like it's Stephen King is a huge influence on Lost. Yeah. Like Lost is kind of the. <laughs> Uh, before Stranger Things, Lost was like a really good Stephen King show. <laughs> um, and Stranger Things took that like to eleven. But, ah, yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Nice. Well, that really? was not intentional. Oh, well, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Um. Wow. Nice. Good job, me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. Dark Tower and stuff, man. Yeah, it's, it sucks. But in like, I all I keep thinking is, man, if if they didn't, and maybe maybe down the road they will. Although they they double, they're doubling down on the TV series thing. I, I saw that. Yeah, they and hired but, Glenn Mazzara. Maybe that's gonna be your end, though. Maybe that's gonna be your end for a viable series. So I, you know. <laughs> You would think so, but <laughs> they butchered the source material so much that, like, I don't like that the Man in Black killed Stephen Deshane. I don't like that there was some some war that's not not uh, so none of that's in, in the book. No, I mean there is. Okay, so I've since I I finished reading the I finished my reread of the Dark Tower. Which, by the way, are, you're not into audiobooks, are you? No, you'd okay. almost think I would be since yeah. my, I drive around all day. Right. But I I mean the audiobooks for the Dark Tower series are really good. I feel like with audiobooks you really have to be paying attention and yeah. w- and when I'm driving around I kind of have to be paying attention elsewhere. That's, that's true. That's true. So yeah. that's, eh. that's kind of my That's fair. So I listen to Taylor but, Taylor Swift then, you know, well, so my mind can wander. Nice. <laughs> nice. Wait, don't you listen to the podcast? I do. Oh, but, you know, it's, that's real nice. But real the pop, nice. you know, podcast. I, I'm not sitting there trying to. You're not see following ha- a plot or yeah, anything. yeah, a deep that's character, fair. yeah, stuff. So yeah, that's fair. But yeah. anyway, to answer your question and not answer your question, um, after finishing my reread, I started reading the comics because the way the comics are set up is the the first run of comics starts before the Gunslinger. It it covers it begins with um the sto- a storyline that's that's a flashback in another book and then it goes past that to um essentially what led to the world um moving on um <laughs> which is a line in the movie that doesn't make any goddamn sense cuz they didn't <laughs> explain it but like Roland says the world's moved on and that's like a big thing in the books is that the world has moved on in that it's like it's a post-apocalyptic kind it's of like world. It's like the movie's just a bunch of collection of Easter eggs. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly thrown into a shit plot. So. Yeah, it felt it felt like it felt like the mythology were were part of the Stephen King Easter eggs. Like yeah. that's how it felt, and that's such a travesty. But um, but the comics cover like the lead up to the world moving on and the end of the gunslingers and everything. And it's like I'm sitting there reading it and I'm thinking in my head about all of the. Um, and granted, like it's not as deep a mythology as the comparison I'm about to make, because George R. R. Martin has like fucking everything mapped out, and it's like a like a song a song of ice and fire is like incredibly detailed and everything. 
But like I hear like HBO saying like, oh yeah, after Game of Thrones is done, we have like four ideas for for uh, for prequel series right, to do, yeah. and I'm sitting there like, this could be a fucking prequel series for Dark Tower <laughs> thing if Dark Tower was huge, um, and I would fucking love it. Like the because cause the book series takes place after like the fall of civilization in Midworld. Right. So Roland Deschain is literally he's the last gunslinger, and gunslingers are like the like. Uh, like sort of like Jedi and, and they're kind of like peacekeepers and, and, and stuff. And when society was, was, you know, active, there were like plots to take down, take it, take everyone down because the Crimson King wanted to, you know, end the world and shit. Um, and it's, it's really rich and, and interesting. And we're never going to see that on screen. Well, um, not, Anytime soon, at least. not anytime soon. Keep your Which, head up. Yeah, there's Which, always hope for the future. That's what that's what I hope. So that's what I hope. What I hate is that Hollywood is going to say, "Oh, it really is unadaptable. It really is un unmakeable." Please, they can um, adapt Watchmen. They can yeah, adapt. exactly. And like, I'm sitting there like, okay, so yeah, this this hybrid of like fantasy and science fiction and horror. Um, and, and Western isn't adaptable, but, oh, hey, no, you know, the most popular show on, on the planet right now is Game of Thrones, you know, straight fantasy has a lot of magic and shit in it. Um, also, yep. Also Westworld, you know, had science fiction, a little bit of Western in there too. Um, like mystery surrounding it. Yeah. You know, but no, this, this dark tower thing is uncrackable. Well, I'm just glad um, this experience hasn't made you bitter. Oh, no, 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 yeah. I mean, life is over. I, I have nothing <laughs> to live for, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> Hear that, pizza? Yeah. Oh, you're still my little pretty pizza princess. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, like, I don't know. I, I just hope that, you know, um, down the road we get something. All I, I'm sure you yeah. will. So, keep... Someone will readapt. It's yeah. it's it's a cycle. Yeah, it may not be soon. It may take a decade, but mm -hmm. all I keep thinking is that uh, you know Game of Thrones is ending after next season. HBO. I mean, you know, HBO has four pre prequel series to work. Well, about, let's right? see if that you know. Let's see if they they feel like it. Um, yeah, there's probably won't be any profit in that. No, no, no. No one wants Ugh. to see the uh, the the rebellion right, put on Robert's screen. Robert's rebellion. Yeah. But I want to see, you know, the Battle of Jericho Hill and the Fall of Gilead, and you know, I want to see John Farson and and Magus. One day, everything. Yeah, Keep I your head so. up, Matt. Keep your head I will. Up. I will. If not, I'll write the fucking thing. There you go. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that uh, that's our review of the Dark Tower. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's uh it's a sad it's a sad day. Sad day. Yeah. It is. It is. It's probably gonna be my one of the worst movies I've seen all year. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's gonna make. It's yeah, gonna I mean, make right now it's too. it's number one. Yeah. So. And yeah. to be fair, uh, I, do, I I make it a point not to see a lot of bad movies because right. time and mm -hmm. you know, time's always an issue, and so I try to be very selective about my right. movies. So. And. <sighs> Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll yeah. just go see Emoji Movie just to be able to say that it wasn't the go. worst movie I saw this year. Yeah. Emoji Movie made more money on Monday than Dark Tower did on Monday. That's not fair, though, because Emoji Movie has the kids. And yeah. no matter how shit a movie is, mm -hmm. if it's a kid movie, it's going to make money. Right, right. So. 
That's true. That's true. They should have just made it like a Pixar adaptation. <laughs> Dark Tower for kids. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I it would probably be better than what we got. Um, no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's the Dark Tower. Um, we had to suffer through Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. There you go. So, that's the... That's what I... That's what I'm holding on to. Rationalization. Yep. Yep. Listen up. This will only take a second. Hey, Matt. Hey, Tiny. Uh, it's Mike. I'm super tired. I'm driving home. Uh, and I just got out of the movie. Want a little hubby on the pine tree perfume there, kid? Sir, it's a taxi cab air freshener. Great. You've pinpointed it. Step two is washing it off. Hey, listeners of the Obsessive Viewer podcast. This is Mike from the Obsessive Viewer. Uh, I'm here for another installment of Pine Tree Potpourri. This is where it's really late, and I just watched a movie with my friend, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. So we watched The Dark Tower, uh, and I imagine that you've listened to Matt and Tiny go on and on talking about this movie, because it's a movie, it's a series that's really important to them. Uh, And so... I imagine they have told you that they're disappointed uh, in the movie. Now, The Dark Tower is not a series of books that is important to me. In fact, I've never read it, uh, and I my expectations were very low going into The Dark Tower. I thought uh, early trailers didn't look all that interesting. Uh, I knew reviews were pretty terrible, so I, I really didn't expect much and didn't think much uh, going into uh, the movie. That said, coming out of the movie... I thought even less uh, about it. I, I don't know that I'd go as far as saying it's one of the worst movies of the year, um, but it's one of the most forgettable movies of the year. And to be honest with you, if, it, if I didn't know Matt and Tiny so well and I didn't know how much they love The Dark Tower, um, I wouldn't be thinking about The Dark Tower afterwards. Uh, it was really that forgettable. Um, which, looking back, is a really, really... Uh, poor thing to say about a movie. Um, so, some good. I thought the kid that played Jake was passable. Uh, Idris Elba kind of did his thing. He's always likable. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, um, who lately I think we kind of consider one of our one of our better actors of our time, was really hamming it up. Uh, I, I, I really couldn't get into uh, what he was doing on screen. Um, and the rest of the movie, just, it was scotch taped together. Uh, it was a movie that I couldn't get into from the beginning. Um, one of the things I noticed throughout the movie uh, is that there were moments that I felt uh, were probably cool in the books and just looked stupid in the movie. I'm pretty forgiving uh, to sci-fi if you remember from a couple of years ago, I actually gave Jupiter Ascending a pass. I, I, I thought it had some interesting ideas. So I'm able to overlook things that uh, are not well done if it, gets, if it gives me new, interesting perspectives on sci-fi. The Dark Tower did not do any of that. But like I said, I, I think that there were moments where if I, were, if I was reading the book, I would say, oh, that's actually a cool idea. Uh, but the, it just did not translate well. Uh, onto the screen. And so um, I cannot really say I'm disappointed by the movie because my expectations were so low um, going in. Uh, but it's a, it's a really, really hard not recommend to see this movie. Um, avoid at all costs. 
one of the most boring movies of the year, uh, unfortunately. Um, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Tiny. I know you guys had your high hopes uh, for this movie, but it just it just wasn't good. Um, so that's it. That's it for me. Again, I'm Mike. You can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is another session of Pine Tree Potpourri on the Obsessive Viewer. Thanks, guys. Good night. But yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have any potpourri or anything? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'll throw one thing out there before we go. Um, the It trailer, It is coming out in a few weeks um, from New Line. They actually look like they're taking care of, of a Stephen property. King property. Yes. Yeah, like it looks incredible. It does look ridiculous. Yeah. I cannot wait. I, I'm so that excited. That part where it. he's just yelling. Uh, that you'll float too. You'll, you'll float, float, float too. too. Oh, dude, that's so awesome! And the shot of the cloud running through the water at that point, dude, that freaks me the Chilling. fuck out. Yeah, chilling. Um, but the reason I bring that up is a, uh, me and Tony Troxel did like a um a group viewing that was just he and I because <laughs> we came up late with the with the idea. I think I might do that for it. Like set a day to you know. Have like a bunch of people in the Facebook group, like say like, oh hey, you know, maybe we can. Get I would, I like that idea. Yeah. I would I would do my best to attend. Nice. So yeah, so that and then also I just want to want to mention that it is one the the book it is one of my Stephen King blind spots. Uh, so I'd still never read it, even though I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I think part of it, part of the reason why I haven't read it yet is because or I hadn't read it yet is because I knew that it's likely like the best that he's done. Like his best work um, is in the book it. Um, and I think part of that is to, like, I kind of want to save that and savor that moment. But with the movie yeah. coming out, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta read it first. That, that's just how my brain's wired. It is, but I've been listening to the audio book and Steven Weber, who played Brian Hackett on wings in the nineties. <laughs> and he was also in studio 60 on the sunset strip and he's been in other things, but I know him as Brian Hackett. He does the narration, and holy fuck, it is like the best like audiobook I've ever heard. And granted, I haven't listened to that much, but like it is like that much that many audiobooks, but like the performance is unbelievable like each character like is is very distinct um there as i don't know how familiar you are with it but there's a character that stutters yeah the stuttering in the narration is like pitch perfect like it's it's i don't understand how one voice can produce these different sounds and like when he voices penny pennywise clearly you've never heard of michael winslow right right (laughs) but uh but yeah it's 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 so great and like I am so – I'm about halfway through it and it's like it's already – like I'm thinking it's probably going to be my favorite Stephen King novel. I'm going to have to um, – I might have to go back and rewatch the uh, old miniseries. Yeah, I actually I actually uh, procured that so I'm planning on watching yeah. it before seeing the movie. But yeah, the movie looks amazing and that audiobook is like – it's out of this world. Like, uh, Does it cut between – adult and kid timelines in the book in or the book, it does okay and and that's and that's really like the storytelling is really interesting and really cool um and i guess it's it switches throughout the entire book it's not like it's not like oh here's here's the here's the kid story here's the adult story right but the movie's set up that way that's just the kid story and then right um, yeah. assuming that they get 
you know, funding or they get like good returns on it, they'll get a second one They're for the adults. Gonna get it. It's going to be huge. Yeah. And I'm so happy because Stephen King movies do not do well. It's it, it, They really don't. No. But no, this is getting a lot of buzz. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So at least we got that to look forward to. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, anything else? Or should we call it a night? I'll just call it a night. All right. Well, uh, this has been the Obsessive Viewer. Um, probably going to end this with the sound of a gunshot firing through my brain. <laughs> but um, I was kind of fucked up. I'm going to have to call a... I'm going to have to call an ambulance now. Have you, have you uh, detained? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't want to write that report. Subject wanted to commit suicide due to a <laughs> lackluster movie. Right. Anyway, no, I'm okay, guys. It's okay. I still have my cat and the source material, so it's all good. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. I don't know what we're going to do next week. Um, I think I might check out Annabelle. Maybe. I I kind of want to check it out. I've heard really good. Did you ever see the original? No. And I and f- all right. So mm-hmm. funny little little tidbit here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of equating this to Ouija. Okay. I didn't see the first Ouija because it looked like a god awful pile of shit. Right. But I saw the sequel, and the like sequel it? was good. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't see Annabelle because it looked like a god awful pile of shit. Mm-hmm. But this one kind of looks good. I so and I've heard I, I've, really good things. So I I feel like I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. I, besides, there's, there's not a whole lot coming out that I'm excited for there's until. No. Uh, the Golden Circle comes out. Oh yeah. Although you know, Wind River looks amazing. I've I've heard good things about that too. That was actually I think the closing night film at Indie Film Festival. Was it? I didn't I didn't get a chance to I, go. I I don't have a whole lot of desire to see Atomic Blonde. I I might catch it. Yeah, me neither. Like it, it might be fun. It's just mm. not on my it's not on my radar really. Have you did you go see Valerian? No, I wanted to. I yeah. just I never got around to it. Same. same I still here. want to see, and I feel. I feel bad because it was mm-hmm. one of those movies that I wanted to support, right? Because I like Luke Besson, and mm-hmm. I, I I feel like his type of film filmmaking needs to be mm-hmm. funded. I I heard a really fascinating thing about his uh, the business side of that that like the movie when it was released was already profitable because before release or be- like when he was when he was funding it he got a ton of or like he sold the like distribution rights uh like overseas and like he made like in just selling that he made the prop that he made the budget back just just selling that i have a theory that in about 20 years i think the movie theater is going to be obsolete the way really? distribution is coming yeah. these days there's a lot of big releases coming to netflix mm-hmm. and other uh, uh other streaming download services mm-hmm. And That's so depressing. I, I just though. I see I see an era where um, movies. I, I still think that like big budget movies are going to be made. It's mm-hmm. just it's going to be more profitable <laughs> to mm. to stream them yeah. than it will be to show into a theater setting. They're just going to be sixty million dollar hatchet jobs for the source material <laughs> that they're making. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, and and that's so. That's well, kind I, of a... I, I just if it weren't for the superhero uh, mm-hmm. influx, I think you'd almost see it happen quicker. Oh, but yeah. since these the Marvel universe has really taken uh, back the big budget stuff, right? Uh, I, I think it's delayed that. But every other mm-hmm. big budget movie you see that it, it just falls flat on its face anymore, right? Uh, I mean, take for instance the Pirates, um, King yeah. Arthur. A lot of Transformers, these mm. big budget, three hundred million dollar movies are just are making crap now because no one's mm-hmm. interested. Right? In they're not. They're not provocative. They're mm-hmm. they're just shat 
together and slapped together because yeah. they probably know they're not going to make money here, but they know in China it's going to explode. Right. So I, I just I I feel like that is only going to be true for so long before it implodes upon itself. Yeah, so. I, I definitely hear you there. Like I, I don't think movie theaters will never go away, but I think it'll come. There will come a time where you know there's only a f- few yeah. around. Like, it's going to be a major event to go yeah. to a movie theater. That's kind of a, a nice sentiment, though, to actually have it be like a, like an event to go right. to. Um, well, it would be know. more expensive, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, at least you won't have fucking kids talking the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Did you... Did you? Was there a kid talking? Yeah, yeah. The he, sh- he yeah. shut up for most of it. Did it, he? Yeah. Okay. I was really proud of my, my response to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I said... Uh, Whatever he was saying probably had more character than, than any of the characters <laughs> in the movie. Um, God, and that hurt so much to no, say. No, it was. It was like, he's the bad guy, and he daddy? Yeah, he's a oh, bad guy. Shut up, kid. Jesus. So. Ugh. Anyway. So, yeah, that's our episode. Episode two of the Dark Tower episodes. I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to edit all this together, but... Yeah. Uh, thank you once again, Fekus, for coming Absolutely. on. Good luck on your sergeant and test. Thank you. Thank everything. you. Good luck on your reread of Harry Potter and your first read of I'm Dark more Tower. excited about the uh, Harry Potter than the sergeant's test. I'm not okay. even taking sure. – I'm, I'm honestly not even taking the sergeant's test all that serious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, what if it was an or test? R, or, 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 yeah. Uh, like there's more th- excited about there that. is three components <laughs> there's a written test there's an mm-hmm. interview and there's a practical okay. and part of me is like it's like i feel like i'd be a good supervisor but then again mm-hmm. i wouldn't be able to do all the fun things i get to do on a regular basis right so i i, I love my job i love getting my hands dirty and mm-hmm. i love getting in the middle of the mix I, as a sergeant i wouldn't be able to do that so sure. but wh- whatever there's like 12 of us applying for it so mm-hmm. you know it's not like my chances are great anyway so right anyway i'm not taking it all that serious okay well anyway if you're in charge of who gets promoted to sergeant and everything at his particular department, uh, you know. Just note that he don't give a shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you once again for coming on the show. And uh, thank you for <laughs> thank you for not rubbing it in my face how shitty this movie was after years. Cass, of, uh, my wife shit. asked me, she goes, She's like, why are you going to go see that? I was like, well, I told Matt I would. And she's like, but didn't he hate it? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, again, was like, why are you seeing this? Like, yeah, I promised Matt I'd go see yeah. it. Yeah. So, I appreciate that. No problem. Yeah. I'll take I'm my, sorry for your take my $11 10 bucks back. or 11 bucks. <laughs> right, yeah. That'll be, that's your donation to the Obsessive Bureau. I will stop giving you shit I about won't that. charge you for the drink that I got. So. <laughs> nice. Oh, God. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Obsessive Viewer, and thank you for putting up with our constant bitching about the Dark Tower movie. Um, I promise this is the last episode about the Dark Tower. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us and sticking through two episodes devoted to this movie and also the months and months of uh, prep or um, the months and months that led up to it and our um, optimism and excitement. So having said that, Next week, we are going to be reviewing Logan Lucky. That's the plan. And we'll also have a bonus episode devoted to uh, Game of Thrones Season 7. And then also, I'm back with Anthology. 
Um, I'm doing my bonus reviews of Dimension 404, and then I have the next episode of The Twilight Zone coming up um, here this week over at AnthologyPod.com. And um, let's see, if you are not yet tired of hearing us talk about The Dark Tower, um, I did something impulsive. I... Um, after receiving mixed to positive feedback on the Facebook group about the idea of starting an, a third podcast under the obsessiveviewer.com umbrella um, devoted to the Dark Tower, um, I went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. So, hey, if you want to hear me and Tiny and Fekus and potentially Tony eventually um, talking about the Dark Tower and uh, reading along with it, it there's a whole... Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that we can do with this with this material. Um, go check it out at towerjunkiespod.com. It's called Tower Junkies, a Dark Tower podcast. Um, you can also follow it on Twitter at Tower Junkies Pod, on Facebook at Tower Junkies Pod, and it is currently up. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all over the place. Um, if you are using an app that it doesn't appear on, just send me a message on Twitter or wherever and let me know and I, I'll put it on there. Um, so Tower Junkies is a podcast devoted to the Dark Tower. Um, the plan is for me and Tiny and hopefully Fekus to read through the series um, eventually, but for right now we have different, different types of episodes. Um, me and Tiny are going to be on... Um, be on the show just talking about general topics about the mythology of the Dark Tower and about the book series, different topics. It's not going to be a weekly podcast. It's likely going to be at at minimum we'll have one episode a month, but I'll have episodes in between to kind of fill them in. Uh, but the priority is definitely Obsessive Viewer and Anthology and then Tower Junkies when we have time. But we're shooting for one month or uh, one episode a month. On the 19th of each month, you'll see a new episode of Tower Junkies Pod. Um, but we have different types of episodes. There's a whole episode that I released, um, kind of an introductory episode that is just me talking about the different types of episodes we'll have on that podcast. And then I ended the podcast with about a 90-minute recording of me and Tiny talking about our hopes and excitement and expectations for the movie. Um, this is previous to seeing the movie, obviously. Um, so if you want to go listen to the last time Tiny and I were optimistic about the Dark Tower movie, uh, go check it out on Tower Junkies Pod. Um, again, that's at TowerJunkiesPod.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else at Tower Junkies Pod. It's currently available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, go check it out, and we'll see you next week for Logan Lucky and Game of Thrones Season 7. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll throw it to the pre-recorded outro and then a Sharktober Normington promo. And, uh, yeah, again, check out SharktoberNormington.com for tickets for the event. Um, alright. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. 
If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at I am Mike White. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast, where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Tickets are on sale now for the fourth annual Shocktober in Irvington presented by the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Join the hosts of the Obsessive Viewer on October 6th, 2017 at the Irving Theater for a one-night event screening of short horror films including the premiere screenings of the latest film in J.P. Leck's cross-medium elsewhere world universe. The latest film from Snapshot Productions and much more. Come celebrate the horror genre in the historic Irvington area and meet the filmmakers with live Q&As after each screening. You can also win DVDs and Blu-rays, movie-related party games, horror-themed Funko Pop figures, gift cards to Irvington businesses, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now at shocktoberinirvington.com. All proceeds go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. And whether at the Irving Theater or in your nightmares, we will be seeing you on the 6th of October. <laughs> she doesn't care. Please don't tase my cat. I want to go tase um, <laughs> Anyway. Um, uh... Oh my god. She's like, am I being detained? <laughs> I'm a sovereign cat of a free breed. This is, this is free feline society. <laughs>
Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, uh, um,